you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Move the Sticks. DJ Bucky here, and the draft is not too far away. We're inching closer day by day, and uh, we've got plenty to talk about today, Buck. Man, we got a lot to talk about, so much to talk about. I'm going to give you a quick little preview about where we're going to head. We're going to talk about the Patriots and the Rams, the big trade that has kind of changed the landscape of the draft in the first round. Bold predictions we'll give two apiece. Your top 50, 3.0, who's up, who's down. Position review uh, will be the offensive lineman. And then we're going to talk to Jim Ross about all things wrestling and football. Yeah, Jim Ross is going to be a part of our Baker Mayfield 360. So he's a lifelong Oklahoma fan. He's, you see, always see him on the sideline of those games. He's actually a great insider there for that program. So get his take on Baker Mayfield. We'll have some fun and conversation with him. Uh, for those that are wrestling fans out there, you know about WrestleMania. So that's out there as well. So uh, we'll have some fun there with Jim Ross. But, Buck, uh, before we get to all the stuff in these draft conversations, I, I think you hit it right there at the top. we got to talk about this Pats Rams trade. A huge, huge trade. Um, you talk about power brokers on the board. The Patriots received the 23rd pick from the Rams and a sixth-round pick in exchange for Brandon Cooks. And the first thing that I thought um, when the deal kind of flashed and right before we went on show, God, they are now power brokers in the draft. You now give Bill Belichick the opportunity to move up and down the board to get the players that he wants. Um, and that's a good thing because they have a lot of holes to fill. But the other thing that I thought about, this signifies a crossroads to me for the Patriots. They have to make a decision. Is it now or later? Are they trying to win right now and do things specifically with Tom Brady in mind? Or are they trying to set up this team to win later with a new quarterback in mind? That will be the interesting thing that we will see take place on draft day. And based on how they pick, we'll see what their long-term and short-term plans are. The challenge for the Patriots, this is kind of a tough spot for them to be in because you talk about the short-term and the long-term. When you're when you're in the in the race every single year, you win your division every single year. You go to the Super Bowl every stinking year, Buck. It's how how do you say? Well, okay, now we're probably ready to take a step back, so we need to go big picture. Let's abandon <laughs> some of the short term stuff and let's go long term. You're there every single year, so 
I, I, I just don't know how you do that. We always talk about how they rebuild. That, that's got to be challenging for that franchise you know, to, to, to live that way. But I guess the way they go about it is, hey, 12 is the constant, and we'll kind of churn some of the other pieces around him. But uh, man, I, I think that job is, is a little more challenging than we ever uh, discussed with them. Oh, I think it's hard to stay on top. I think it's hard to stay on top the way they, they have been able to do it because they've, you really look, they've done it with a number of, of changing pieces year after year after year. They don't appear to place a lot of value or premium on wide receivers, so they always kind of have – um, bargain basement free agents, guys that they've kind of developed on their own. You have Rob Gronkowski. Um, the running backs are kind of like a hodgepodge collection of backs that come from other teams that have been cast-offs. But the constant has been TB12. Tom Brady has been able to take all of those things that you give him and elevate their play. And typically, I mean, this runs counter to what we see in the league. Typically, when the quarterback gets older, you have to improve the supporting cast. In New England, the quarterback gets older, and they put more on him with lesser parts. Yep. But yet he finds a way to get it done. I think that is a testament to his greatness and one of the reasons why he may go down in the books as the best or the greatest of all time. We talked about this on Path the other day and, and looked at the picks that they had and the different options. And you know, a lot of people, uh, ourselves included, focus on the fact that you lose Nate Solder. Okay, maybe you got to upgrade there, get a uh, – get a tackle early in the draft maybe potentially they get another tight end so they can kind of go back to doing what they used to do in years past um and the more the more i kind of think try and climb inside the head of the patriots which is difficult to do buck would it shock you at all if they use all these picks on defense and just said we're just going to try and get this defense playing at a higher level and and then let tom take care of the offense no it wouldn't surprise me um the last time they had two first round picks um cameron year they used on chandler jones and dante hightower so now you have the opportunity, maybe with four within the first two rounds, man, you can load up and get everything that we've always talked about. They need, they need a, a, a really a serious pass rusher off the edge. In this draft, there, there are not many that are there, but maybe they have someone to have their own. They need a corner that can start. They need an off-the-ball linebacker. They need a linebacker that can certainly make plays because Dante Hightower was hurt for most of last season. And then they need a wild card. They need another playmaker, a guy that can create some juice and make plays, be it a DB um, a he's safety, an interior, a linebacker, even some, an interior rusher. Some, somebody, you know? they need somebody that can make plays. Those first four picks, they really, really need to hit. And I know we've kind of said, oh, they got to go up and get the quarterback. But, man, I don't know, one, if that's enough capital to move up in range to get one of the quarterbacks that you may like up top. And then it's a matter of if you're talking about a second-tier guy, where do you take him? Do you take him at the bottom of the first? Do you take him with, at the top of the second where you have that what, 43rd selection? Yeah. They have a lot of decisions that they have to make. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. The uh, last thing before we leave this uh, with the Patriots, before we talk about this from the Rams for a little bit here, I know we're kind of famous for our trucks and trailers analogy that we use on here, talking about quarterbacks. Obviously, Tom Brady's the ultimate truck, being able to pull the team behind him and not being pulled by the team. I think I've got a new one. i got a new term for you. <laughs> what you got? Tom Brady is like – He's he's kind of like the Febreze quarterback. <laughs> Make sure he, he can make all good. he can make all the stink go away. You know, you can lose whatever you need to lose, all the weapons around him, and then just thank you, thank you, Sully. A little golf clap there, courtesy of the Masters. Uh, yeah, just just oh, it's all magically. I think there's only great. two guys that are like that. I think it's Tom twelve Brady with Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers. Yep. I don't think there's any other quarterback that can necessarily make it. Um, disappear hide all the the stinky odors as as, as you would say Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady I think even with Drew Brees he needs more help to be able to get him at this point in his career yeah we're talking about guys who can win in spite of 
the challenges and win at a high level to the point where you actually will give them a chance if they get into postseason, even though you know that their roster has some holes. Yep. But he, they're so good that they still can win it by themselves. You deserve a cut when TB12 cuts that, that advertising deal with Oh, with Fabrice? Fabrice? Oh, no yeah, question. Yeah. yeah. That, that commercials, everything. Yeah, you the need idea, to lead a little bit of piece of that. The, the idea has been placed. <laughs> they, uh, I'll send the checks here. We'll give you the address. Uh, how about the Ram side of things, Buck? I mean, this is definitely pushing your chips into the table. This has been quite the offseason, adding big name after big name. I would say just about all of them. Maybe safe Talib, who even though he's still playing at a high level, I would say he's not in his prime. Most of these guys are still uh, pretty much in their prime. Yeah, I think that's that's the good thing about the trade. They got a bunch of players um, who are still in their prime. Uh, the only descending player of the crew, I would say, is Akeem Talib. Uh, Marcus Peters playing at an all-pro level. Uh, we've seen what he can deliver when he's kind of like locked and loaded. And Dominican Sue still dominates. Don't let the sack numbers fool you. You put him alongside Aaron Donald. The competition that takes place every Sunday between the two of them in terms of their level of dominance and destruction you have to love. Uh, Akeem Talib, a guy who gets an opportunity to play again with some talented pass rushes that force the ball to come out so he can squat and reroute and do all those things, that defense is lights out. But on the offensive side, I think this Brandon Cooks deal is big. And it's funny to hear people's opinion on Brandon Cooks now because right now, if if I didn't know any better, I would think he's a one-trick pony. And yeah. the only thing he can do is go deep. I've heard analyst after analyst after analyst say, like, oh, he just goes deep, he does this. Here's what I'll say about Brandon Cooks. I thought Brandon Cooks coming out of school was a really, really good route runner. I thought he was pretty polished or whatever. The big thing with him, he was a little undersized to be considered a true number one. I loved his grit. I loved the way that he really, really competed at the high level. And I liked the speed and explosiveness. Um, the fact that he averaged 16.6 yards per catch last year, um, I think since the last two years he has 12 deep ball receptions. That's over 20-plus air yards. He is a deep threat, but I think he's much more than that. And I think the best thing that will happen for Cooks, he goes into a Sean McVay offense where Sean McVay knows how to use mm -hmm. those kind of guys. If we can go back to the Washington days, Brandon Cooks now gives him that D-Jax, yep. that Deshaun Jackson factor. So we saw how Deshaun Jackson was averaging almost 17 yards per catch, taking it over the top, the play action with the deep overs. Yep. With Todd Gurley like kind of entrenched as the feature back, you now get one-on-one -on, -one on the outside. Brandon Cook's numbers could be ridiculous, but it could be fewer receptions, more production. So more bang for the buck from Brandon Cooks. The one thing, I mean, because I think we've, we've tackled this from just about every angle you possibly could, and we've done it on television for the last week, uh, last few days. The one area I don't know that we've discussed this, Buck, because I was just thinking about this. We've talked about all these guys coming in for the Rams. I mean, Ogletree leaving. That's a hole. That's a really, really good young football player who is also a leader on that defense. That That's a loss there. Mm -hmm. um, you lose a corner that had been maybe a little bit up and down, but Tremaine had played at a high level. That's a good football player that, that left there, and obviously you saw the money he got with the Jets. Uh, that's another good football player that, that's out the door. Robert Quinn, who even if you say he was maybe a little bit of an underachiever in terms of what he did early in his career, he hasn't matched that production. Still a very talented player and by far was their, their best edge guy. So So he's gone. Uh, out of the building. So all these new pieces coming in, no question. But they did lose some some talent now out the door. Sammy, I didn't mention Sammy Watkins and the money that he got. So those are big pieces of a team last year that, that turned it around. So um, I, I think sometimes you see all these guys coming in, act like there's nobody coming out. Now they're they're missing some guys too now. They, they, they are. But I think if we go back and we really look at 
like kind of we did a, a one for one scenario. Yeah. Um, of those guys, I would say that I think Ogletree's the one they're going to really. Miss. He's he's the one. Um, I feel like Brandon Cooks is an upgrade over Watkins. Uh, Quinn was a descending player. I would take Sue over Quinn all day. Tremaine Johnson, I would take Marcus Peters or Akeem Talib both over him. Even though he's solid, he doesn't make plays. Ogletree is the one hole that they can have inside. And then it would be um, – I would love to go and look at the research and just see what was his impact in Wade Phillips' defense. How how many snaps was he on the field for? What did he deliver? What kind of disruptive plays? Um Force fumbles, interceptions, tackles for loss. What did he deliver uh, to be a big play player? Because for them to move on, and they moved on from him very, very early in the process, to me it kind of signals that he wasn't a great fit in Wade's defense. And they had basically elected to keep Mark Barron over Alec o- Ogletree. Yeah, no, it's all, all valid points. I just think there's definitely – it's going to take a minute now for all these pieces to come together, but the talent is undeniable that the Rams uh, have accumulated here. Real quick before we get to some bold predictions here, Buck – uh, today's a USC makeup pro day. I thought it was kind of cool that uh, Sam Darnold actually going out there and throwing to Ronald Jones today. Um, it's not something I, I tweeted it out because I got a, a text from a scout that said he thought this was going to happen, and it was it was a pretty cool deal. And, and of course, you get all the cynical people on Twitter saying, "What's the big deal? He's going to throw with his teammates." Well, he was in Cleveland yesterday, got in late last night, and get up early this morning. Usually, the quarterbacks when you're a top tier quarterback, you throw at the combine, which yep. Sam didn't even do that. And you go throw it your pro day, and that's a wrap. You do private workouts. You do not do anything beyond that. And typically when you have a makeup pro day like this one with a couple guys, um, you get a coach out there and just throw them routes. Like it's, you're not going to bring the quarterback in there to do that. So it's, just a, it's kind of a cool, cool little gesture by Sam to show up there and throw the ball. I think it's a testament to his leadership. It's a testament to his connectivity between he and his, his teammates. It means that he was really, really grounded and well-connected with his guys that they felt they could pick up the phone and count on him to be there. I think that speaks volumes about what you're getting in the locker room, that those guys called him and he was ready to take the call and say, yo, I'll be there. And to do it with the adverse conditions, to come in late uh, after 10 o'clock, drive up, get to, the, get to the school an hour ahead of time, professionalism. We always tell young players, hey, be a pro. Yeah. Sam Donald is already exhibiting all those qualities of being a pro, a franchise quarterback, doing the right things, saying the right things, acting the way that you expect a franchise quarterback to act. No question. Uh, pretty cool. But uh, anyways, let's uh, let's get to some bold predictions here, Buck. And uh, why don't you lead us off here. Bold prediction for the draft. Not going to hold you to this, but I want you to really put it out there. Give me something bold here. What something, we got? Something bold? I like my coffee bold. What do we got? Something bold. So I, I had something drawn up where I was going to say something like, kind of like a double, like, oh, it's going to be more tied in. No, no, no. Receivers. Swing. Don't choke that's, up. That's not bold. Take a swing. So I, I can't take full credit for this, but, but let's just say the New England Patriots are in play. And let's just say that the Patriots are going to do something that we have never seen them do. The New England Patriots are going to trade three picks okay. to move up in the first round to get a quarterback. And said quarterback Who you got? is going to be someone that isn't very Patriot-like when you look at him. We're going to say that they go and get Baker Mayfield Whoa. as their quarterback of the future behind TB12. And the reason they want Baker Mayfield is because when you go down and you really look at what the Patriots have done at that position in the past, four-year starters, guys that are smart, guys that are captain, Accurate. guys that have all kinds of accuracy and production, we're saying that Bill Belichick is pushing all the chips in and he's going to ratchet up the pressure a little bit on Tom Brady by bringing Baker Mayfield into the quarterback room to Ooh. stir it up. 
I like that one. I'll tell you what, they did their homework. Remember on uh, when Johnny had one of his pro days and the oh, Patriots, I mean, all that report about the I Patriots thought, doing their homework I mean, on I Johnny? know. I had Johnny. I had Johnny. I just wrote about it last week. So it, now they just said, that, forget Johnny. I mean, go get Baker. Yeah, get a younger one. Get yeah. a younger version. Last week I said it was Johnny Menzel, Johnny Menzel 2.0. Johnny Menzel was a, a pick that maybe they deemed more talented than Jimmy Garoppolo. Well, they just say scrap that. Just not even going to mess with Johnny. We can go and get Baker Mayfield and let him be the guy. All right, that's bold. I, I like that. That's bold. But I'm going to go bolder. Um, do I really believe this is going to happen? Don't, don't, don't quote me on that. But I'm going to go bold, just put something out there because crazy things happen. Here's your shocking first-round pick, Buck. You ready for this? All right, I'm ready. Tight end Ian Thomas from Indiana is the shocking who? surprise first-round pick. Thank who? you, the my guy thing. Who, who, who is that? I like, like Ian Thomas. That's what so many player. people are going to say when they look at this. Who, who, who is, is Ian, no. Who is Ian Thomas? He's a very athletic tight end. Now, to me, when we look at traditional tight ends and then you kind of look at that move tight end, I think you make a strong case he's the best move tight end in the draft. So if you're looking for, there's always a, there's always a couple shock shocking picks, right? Oh yeah, that's that's a shock. Now that's higher than I have him graded. I like him, but that's my shocking first round pick. There you go. For free. That's that's pretty Give me another one. You want to give me another one? It's pretty spicy. I mean, since since we stand with quarterbacks and we've talked about this guy, and we kept putting him in the first round in mock drafts just because I think people feel Kind of bad, feel obligated to put him in, but I'm gonna say I'm gonna say what people won't say. Lamar Jackson will not be a first round pick. Whoa! Lamar Jackson will not hear his name called on Thursday night of the draft. As talented as he is, as much production that he's put up, the Heisman Trophy in the backseat of his car, he will not hear his name called on Thursday because there's not a team bold enough to take him and say, Lamar Jackson, you are now the franchise quarterback of our future. So your bold take is that teams are not bold. They're not bold enough. I like what you're doing. They're not bold enough. They're not bold enough to say that Lamar Jackson can be the face of the franchise. They're not bold enough to say that we will revamp our offense and put you in a situation where you can lead us to the promised land. Nope. Everybody's going to play safe. Everyone in the draft on Thursday night, they have an opportunity to take the driver out the back. Nope. They're going to take the three wood and just try and hit it in the fairway. And They're going to settle for a bogey when they could go for a birdie and an eagle. Make sure you get past those front tees. Yep. That's all I'm saying. Just, uh, just, just what I'm saying. Get it out there. Yeah. Uh, all right. How about this one? And by the way, guaranteed to be thrown back on our face when none of this is true. Uh, Mark Walton, the running back from Miami. Not a first-round pick. That coffee's a little too rich. Top 50 pick, and he will be picked ahead of a, lo- a lot of big-name backs that we've talked about throughout this run-up to the draft. We, we know those top five, six guys. Mm-hmm. Mark Walton will sneak he'll sneak around a couple of them. He's going to be a top 50 pick, a guy we've been talking about kind of in that fourth-round range. Uh, maybe shock us all and go up there in the top 50. Uh, the buzz is building in the community. The buzz Good is football building. Player. People are talking about him. People are beginning to talk about him as a, as a, as a nice candidate. Um, when you see guys like Kareem Hunt and Alvin Kamara, have the kind of success that they've had in the third round. I think people are kind of trying to pick their guy, the guy that is off the radar, the guy that could be a very, very productive and high-end player outside of those names. You might be onto something. Mark Walton could be one of those notable guys. Yeah, good player. So we'll see what happens, see if we're right on any of these, uh, any of these predictions. Hopeful, yes. I don't think. Man. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you know, 50, that's what you do. 50%? Maybe. You never go wrong making guarantees. Oh, it's bold. It got to be bold every now and then. All right, let's get to uh, let's get to the top 50 here. I got to update 3.0 on my top 50. Some guys that have uh, made some moves here. DJ Moore, he goes up nine spots. Billy Price 
I, finally, look, I penalized him for the torn peck. That's why he had dropped down from one to, from the uh, first list to the second list. And now I'm just like, this guy's too good a player. i got to move him back up. So he slides back up six spots. And then Will Hernandez, another offensive lineman, just when I stack these guys, Buck, he's just one of the cleaner guys in the group. So uh, he moved up as well. Man, an interesting list. Three very, very intriguing names, good prospects. Uh, DJ Moore is the guy that is, man, I feel like he has been talked about the most over the last week and a half, seven to ten days. People are really talking about him as if they are just now doing the film <laughs> on him. When I look at him on tape, I see a smooth route runner. I see someone who does a great job of creating separation, uh, particularly when he gets off coverage. Great hands, nice ball adjuster. Uh, does a great job of tracking and trying to make the right adjustment to put himself in a position where it's ball, him, and the defender. Great job of making plays and has some rackability, run after catch. When he has the ball in his hands, he's you know a little physical, a little different. When I compared him, I kind of compared him to Devontae Adams from the Green okay. Bay Packers, someone that's kind of rugged in their approach, but we finally saw the light go off, and he was a dominant player on the outside. DJ Moore has similar traits to me when I watch him on tape. The only thing I would challenge you on that is I think he's got better hands. I think he's just got more reliable hands uh, than yeah. Devontae. But yep. I, I see what you're saying there in terms of the movement. Look, the guy plays inside, outside. Um, you can watch him stem up corners. You watch the Texas game, you'll see everything you need to see. He destroys Texas in that game, which actually has a pretty good secondary. Uh, yards after catch, you mentioned he can break tackles. He's elusive. The toughness is the word I keep coming back to with DJ Moore. That's what that made me fall in love with him. The other thing is, catches the ball really well. Only a 3.6% drop percentage, which is really low, and he played in some bad weather games. So um, he, he's a really, really good football player. And just, again, at this point in time, my kind of strategy is when I'm going through and sorting these clumps of guys out, a lot of times just, I think this guy's just a little cleaner. And so I, I tend to, as you get older, maybe it's something you get more conservative, Buck. I tend to, I tend to focus more on that floor, maybe more so than the ceiling, and just say, look, I, just, I can hang my hat on this guy. I know what I'm getting. Well, I know you're a big baseball fan. Yes, I uh, am. Hey, we lost. We lost yesterday. Pods uh, one and five right now. A little tough start. All right. So here, the here good, here's the thing: we don't have good pitching, <laughs> but we make up for it with bad defense and bad hitting. So, that's good. <laughs> so you one and five. So here, here's my recipe for good drafting and also for good baseball. We got just hit and run. Yeah. Singles and doubles. Move them around. The station to station baseball. Station to station baseball. Go go back little, to 1980s baseball. Little small ball. Yeah, small ball. We don't need that. the big boppers in doing that. So when we're we're separating these cluster busters and we're trying to figure out the distinguishing characteristics or factors that separate one from the other, I don't think you can go wrong if you always opt for the smarter, tougher player. Yeah. Those guys have a tendency to play longer. They're smart, so they can be able to do multiple things for you. They're tough. That means they're going to compete. They're going to endure it. They're going to handle the grind that pro football has become. And so when you talk about cleaning it up, going for toughness over everything else, good teams have tough players. You know the word that I hear, and it's a popular book. I'm sure a bunch of our listeners have have read it. But the word that I hear more and more from teams, because we always talk about toughness. and uh, Grit. Grit. It's the word. That is the buzz word in scouting right now. And they want to know – when you do these interviews with players, the most the most popular question that they're asking now is, and we do it too, talk, we talk about a hardship. We do those 3-H questions. Tell me a hardship. So the, go along this line. Tell me something difficult, you've, a challenge you've had in your life, and tell me how you overcame it. So you're dealing with adversity. Tell me, the, tell me a time where you've had tough coaching. What, what was said to you? How did you react to it? And how did you fix whatever was frustrating your coach? It just it's it's getting specific examples of quote unquote grit. 
Yeah, and it, this all stems from uh, a study that Dr. Angela Duckworth did. It's a great book. If you, you haven't read it, go read it. Years ago where she found that students um, who were grittier, who were more, uh, I guess, like tougher, had They've been through a level stuff. of resiliency. They've been through some stuff. Over talent. Yeah. Grit over talent succeeds in today's game of life. And so uh, she went and did some time, spent some time with the Seattle Seahawks, saw the Pete Carroll a lot, talked about that. They exchanged philosophies back and forth. And so what you have seen, teams are operating off of – I'm sure you played for a number of teams. I'm sure you heard this in a huddle. Will over skill. Yeah, yeah. Our will will defeat their skill. Our toughness, our tenacity, our physicalness, our resiliency – all of that stuff, stick to all of those things will overcome the lack of talent that we may have in comparison to some others. When we're stacking up these players, it's easy to fall in love with the more talented guy, but really it's what is on the inside, what makes them tick, how are they wired, are they wired to always succeed and achieve? Those are the guys that you want to have on your team because the other buzzword that we're hearing, especially after Villanova won, culture oh yeah no question what is your locker room like do i have enough of those blue collar guys in the locker room that embrace the process embrace all the things that you have to do to win so yeah grit culture all those things parlay so when we're evaluating these guys toughness over talent to me is what i'm gonna lean on when they're closely graded the other thing that i wrote down here is character competence competitiveness those three c's you kind of focus on that area now the challenge that we have on the media side of things versus the team side of things we don't get all that information don't get all the information. Don't really get a chance to get to the kid enough to be able to find out. Don't get enough examples from when you're on the school call yeah. where you talk to multiple people that kind of paint the picture for who the kid is. You can see some things off tape. You can see it even better when you go to the senior bowl and watch them practice. But that's the one thing that we can't fully unearth when it comes to their toughness, their competitiveness, and how gritty and competitive they are when it's when the chips are down. All right, before we get to this uh, fun interview here coming up, why don't we uh, why don't we go through quickly here just the offensive line, just kind of the top guys. We can just kind of uh, go over them real quick in, in terms of how you like them, Buck, and how you have them stacked compared to where I have them. Why don't we uh, – let's just start with the top – let's go with the top three centers here, which I, I have as James Daniels from Iowa, number one, Billy Price, number two. Um, then I have Frank Ragnow from uh, Arkansas three, Mason Cole four. Any any major uh, complaints there? No major. I go back and forth with uh, Daniels and Price. Like when I looked at Price on tape, like both of these guys are really really good. Daniels is outstanding movement skills in terms of a center center that can pull, can get to the second level, can move around, very active. Price, I love his movement skills, and I just love how great he's got a little he is. nastiness to him. I feel like he has a little more nastiness than Daniel. I think I had those guys touching on the board, so the grade is the same. And then Ragnar, I just thought Ragnar was solid. I felt like there is Ragnar is the one I feel like I'm low on. Like I, yes. I wasn't a huge Ragnar guy, but you talk to people around the league, and this, again, goes into people that have gone into the school character off the charts. Been through some things. Father passed away. Toughness. Um, he's just tough, and he's smart, and he's reliable. I don't think he's a, he's a great athlete. He's – I don't know. I, I just I, I have I some just, issues there. But I, I just think there's some separation between those two. Daniel and, and Price. And that next year. I'm and then Ragnar. That's I, think, I, think, I think those guys are at the top of the charts. No question. So uh, that's where we have the centers there. We get to the guards. Let me just go through the uh, the top five guards that I have here, Buck, and tell me if you if you differ, if I'm missing anybody. Uh, Quentin Nelson, one. Will Hernandez, two. Connor Williams from Texas, who played tackle, projected him inside to guard three. 
Isaiah Wynn, another tackle to guard projection, is four. And then Austin Corbett, uh, another tackle to guard projection, uh, is five. Those are my top five interior guys. I mean, I can't take any major issue with any of it. The only one that is um, that I hadn't necessarily put on my list was Connor Williams because I just kind of stuck him outside and left him outside. But um, you certainly make a good point for him to be inside and being considered as a guard when you just think about how you played against some yeah. of the guys in the Big 12. Uh, Quinn Nelson, I think the separation is huge between he and the other ones. Uh, Will Hernandez has continued to rise up the charts as more people dig into the tape and dig into the Senior Bowl because I think he, oh, he really awesome. made his money at the Senior Bowl. The tape is the tape, but at the Senior Bowl, he was dominant, didn't give up penetrations, manhandled and mauled people. Um, I think he's worthy of being number two. Uh, Williams we talked about. Isaiah Wynn. Wynn is interesting because trying to find the right spot for him, play yeah. guard, play tackle. Played and, darn well at tackle. It's just the reason why you, everybody's pushing him inside the guard. He's six oh two six, so he's under six three. You just rarely see guys like that. That you know, I think Kelvin Beecham is maybe the one guy I think that's under six three that's, that's played tackle recently. You don't see it, and they they're just kind of predisposed to have problems because you lack the size and length. Lack the size, the length. They get in them. Can't can necessarily keep him at bay, and they have a tough time. But he's a really good player. He's smart as a whip. He can do multiple things, and the more things you can do, the quicker it is to get you a jersey and a guarantee that you can be on the field. Right, no question. Um, let's uh, get to the tackles. By the way, I don't know where you stand overall on this. Ta- I think it's. I personally think it's one of the worst tackle groups we've uh, seen not, in a long time. I mean, it's not, it's not great. Good. It's not great. I think you can make. Uh, a pretty safe and reasonable assessment that there's not an offensive tackle that's really worthy of a first-round grade. They will go in the first round, but no one that we would say in other years would be a lockdown, surefire first-rounder. I only have two offensive tackles in my top 50, which is crazy, but that's where I have them based off grade. Now I have a bunch of other guys in that kind of next tier. I actually think it's a decent group in that next tier, but I think all these guys can get pushed up and get overdrafted. I have McGlinchey. Uh, from from Notre Dame is my top tackle at 31. And uh, Tyler Crosby, for me, from Oregon, is number two. So that's my top two guys in the top 50. Then after that, you've got Colton Miller. You've got Orlando Brown. Brian O'Neill from Pitt. Um, that's that's kind of that next crew, guys. Martinez Rankin from Mississippi State. That's that next uh, next tier. Yeah, this is a tough class to evaluate because there, there aren't any blue chips. There aren't any quote-unquote stars. But – your team in need of a tackle, you're going to have to take one and find a way to develop him. How do you get that done? Uh, is that um, a situation where you have the, the time and the capital to really invest in it? I just I just think it's a very, very tricky position because the expectations are going to be huge because you can bring in a first-round guy and say he's developmental, but you know and I know your fans want to see the number one pick have an opportunity to play. So young, young, young offensive linemen are going to have to play regardless of their inexperience and issues coming from the spread. No question. All right, Buck, this is, uh, this is a part of the pot I've been looking forward to the most here. We've got WWE Hall of Fame announcer Jim Ross uh, joining the show here. And, and Jim has been a big Oklahoma backer and fan and, and has followed this program forever and knows these players inside. Now, Jim, first of all, thank you so much for taking some time and a big week for you, I know, with WrestleMania coming up here uh, to talk about Baker Mayfield. First question for me is, when was the first time you met Baker or even heard of Baker? Uh, I heard of him as a freshman at Tech, uh, even though the, apparently the, their administration of football team had not heard of him. He's only the <laughs> Big 12 freshman of the year. Uh, but then I have a sideline uh, access – 
one of those jocks there for celebrity guys. And uh, <laughs> I uh, was on the sideline when he was redshirting. So good kid. Uh, I got to know him very well. And uh, I can give you a lot of good stories about Baker. He's a, he's a, he's a, he's a real keeper. How unique is that story to go from being a guy that was a pretty good player at Texas Tech to deciding to walk on at Oklahoma without announcing to anybody that it was coming? Uh, what does that say about him as a player, as a person? I think it says a lot, Bucky. I think it says a lot. And people that compare him incessantly to Johnny Mansell are foolish. Uh, and I just I can't believe that. Ernie Ladd told me one time, it is a fool that looks upon the skills of a wise man and calls it luck. Baker Mayfield ain't luck. He's a player. He's the kind of guy you want in the foxhole with you. And uh, great heart, good kid. I, I, I think somebody's going to give him a hell of a player, no doubt. One of the things we do, look, we're longtime scouts. So I'm, I'm curious, the job you've done, you might be the best scout in wrestling history, the guys you've been able to find from the football field and then convert them over to wrestling, guys like The Rock. What, what did you see in them? Yeah, I know he had a background there in the business with his family, but can you glean anything from the football field that you can directly correlate to being a good wrestler? When I recruited uh, future wrestlers from football programs, you find that you have several sources of background information. You can talk to the head coach, the position coach, the strength coach, academic advisor, all kinds of people that can give you feedback on the character, the work ethic, and the commitment of these players. I found John Cena at Springfield College. He was a, he was a small college All-American center, wow. captain of the team, and a weight room freak. He also graduated, so he had good grades. He had a degree. He was a captain of the team. He was an All-American. So why in the hell wouldn't I recruit a guy like that? Dwayne Johnson, the same way. You know, The Rock was 6'4", 6'5", 270. Uh, when I had lunch with him the first time, first lunch, Every woman in the restaurant came by to see if he wanted more to drink. And a lot of them didn't work there. They just wanted to get close to the, to the rock. So, uh, uh, so there's a field thing, but there's checks and balances that the game of football provides us as participants and players and fans that, that are all uh, that you can always evaluate. So it's, it's a cool thing, man. I, I, I love checking those guys out on the football side. And, and some of the biggest stars in wrestling, Stone Cold, Steve Austin, Defensive in North Texas. Mm -hmm. uh, Oklahoma's had several uh, wrestlers. Bill Watts, Danny Hodge, uh, Wahoo McDaniel. Uh, so uh, it's just a cool thing for me because you know what football players are made of, guys. You guys know it better than I do. But uh, I have so much confidence and respect for that game that uh, I, I found some great wrestlers in, from that world. You know, it's funny. This is so full circle because being in draft rooms, we always gave bonus points. I mean, we had Ray Lewis when I was with the Ravens, was a fantastic wrestler. Roddy White, I remember him coming out as a receiver, even had a wrestling background. We give guys bonus points on the football side for being wrestlers, and it sounds like in the wrestling business, you give guys a little bonus point for being <laughs> football players. Absolutely. Well, you want to know, even though wrestling is a performance art, and I'm sure some people are rolling their eyes, did JR say art? in describing a pro wrestling event? <laughs> yes. Uh, but the deal is, is that uh, there's so many things that you want those people to bring to your locker room. And if you've been a good locker room guy, you've been a good team guy, you fit good in the locker room community, then I believe that you'll have the same opportunities to do for my locker room. So that's kind of how I looked at it. We just did all the, all the fact that checking and uh, all the background stuff. And it's just, we got some pretty good guys out of the game of football. And right now it's no different. I don't know why, Agents don't contact WWE when their guy's football run is over and, and see if they can't use that big personality and the athletic skills uh, and make themselves some real money and maybe get discovered like Dwayne Johnson did, who's not doing bad right now. 
JR, I think you just got an idea for our new consulting uh, business. Yep. It's just going to be the three of us here. We're going to put this thing together, make a little extra scratch on the side. What do you say? I'm in. I'm in, guys. <laughs> Last question before I let you go. If uh, if you want to give Baker a name, can we give him a nickname? If we want to give him a wrestling name, can you give us one? I'm putting you on the spot here before we wow. before we run. But I just think he's got so much charisma, so much personality, so competitive and tough. I, I just don't know if I have a good wrestling name for him, though. Yeah, maybe the sensational sooner. Oh, there we go. Ooh, Is it, okay. I think you just might have titled the podcast for us. <laughs> hey, that, look, we can't thank you. JR, thank you so much for your time. I know this is a crazy, hectic week for you. It doesn't get any bigger in your business than this week. And for you to take some time for us today to talk about Baker, uh, we can't thank you enough. He's a good kid, guys. Again, uh, great mom and dad. Mom and dad are still married. They're still in the home together. People may say, what does that make? Well, it makes a lot of difference, mm-hmm. quite frankly. Uh, but he's a good kid. He ain't Johnny Manziel. And look, I don't know what John, I don't know Johnny Manziel personally. I know he makes some stupid decisions. Baker's made some bad decisions. But someday when we're all having a beer, I'll tell you about my time getting arrested at 18 in Fort Smith, Arkansas <laughs> for minor possession of untaxed beer. So there's a scoop for you. It's <laughs> phenomenal. We're going to talk about that when we're putting our consulting business together. That's going to happen. There you go, boys. I appreciate it, guys. Thank you so much. Have a great weekend. Thanks, fellas. Buck, I, we've had some we've had some good guests on here. I don't know. Look, as a kid, I was a big wrestling fan. I haven't kept up with it as I've gotten older. I'll be honest with you, but I obviously am familiar with Jr. and uh, and that was a lot of fun. He, I knew he had insight. I talked to him on the sideline at Oklahoma games in the past. He knows that program inside and out. He definitely knows that program. I, I, I think it was remarkable to hear him discuss like Baker Mayfield and comparing him uh, to some of the WWE wrestlers or some of the wrestlers of the past and the fact that he pulled out the nature boy. <laughs> that's your dude. Rick Growing Flair up in North Carolina, me. that's your Growing up in North Carolina, like, because it is all Baker Mayfield. It's all extra swag, extra stuff, <laughs> um, everything. So it was great to have him on. He definitely provided a different insight and perspective on Baker Mayfield. Yeah, and this is uh, – you just heard a, a portion of the conversation today. There's much more. It's going to be included in our Baker Mayfield 360, which, Sully, again, that is dropping next week, I believe. Sully's working. He's working hard back there. Next week for Baker, right? Next week? Tuesday, Tuesday, Tuesday. Tuesday yes, for sir. Baker. So be on the lookout for that. Um, I also thought, by the way, pretty pretty interesting that the the, uh, the position of scouts where we're looking for wrestlers with a wrestling background for his football players, and he's looking for uh, football players for, for the wrestling I business. got one for it's you. It's fun. I think if Harrison Phillips, after a few years in the NFL, has nothing to do. Yeah. I mean, he's a smart kid, Stanford guy, but – Big-time wrestler. Big-time wrestler, four-time state champ. That might be the next uh, next – next rock we right got, there we've got one uh but anyways that. that was fun it, look i it seems like a million years ago when we were doing the other discussion the pod today but we covered a lot of ground buck it was a lot of fun um we've got we've got videos that folks can check out as well right yeah we have the perfect pairings uh afc and nfc east that we took care of uh that should be fun that'll post later on and then you can go back and look at all of our stuff we got so much stuff that is available we got our 360 series that's posting we have some of the other videos that we've done so check it out there's a rumor i heard by the way that the like the best of clips of the 360s which is about like six seven minute clip yep. for each one trust me you want to listen to the to it in its entirety but if you don't have much time you just want to get a little snippet and learn some about some of these top guys there's a rumor going on we might have a little location location to find all we those. do uh you could I'll, I'll tweet that out later at, at sully vol or and and i'll tag you I'll guys retweet it, it retweet it, it and yeah. uh we'll, we'll we'll tweet out the full playlist of all the best dubs of the 360 so far yeah but this was a fun fun episode today Good one. Absolutely. All right, let's get out of here. This is uh, this has been Move the Sticks. He's Bucky Brooks. I'm Daniel Jeremiah. Sully uh, doing work behind the glass back there. So Kent 
putting in a little extra time back there as well. Appreciate his efforts. Uh, that's going to do it for us. We will uh, we'll catch you next time. Thanks for downloading Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. For more, go to nfl.com slash podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your your perfect home sweet home.